Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, and review, and hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored, as always... By Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America. Have you decided to start saving for you and your family's future? If you have, Hector's your man, 940-453-3490. Also brought to you by Greening Law, personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, the moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one, Matt McLaren. And this, my friends, is Jam Session, the podcast version 189, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. And we've got a lot to get to today. We will talk Cowboys as they enter their season finale on Saturday night in the hated city of Philistia. We will have that for you. We will have... Yes. Did you say that with a straight face? What did I say? Philadelphia. Oh, did I really? I thought I said Philadelphia. I apologize. I certainly don't apologize to Eagles fans, but anybody else who unfortunately happens to live in Philadelphia, I apologize. But if you're an Eagles fan, double birds to you. So we will have that for you on the podcast. As you know, I hate the Eagles more than any other team in professional sports. We will have Todd Archer. We will have Ed Werder. We're going to have a peep show in this because, holy crap, have you noticed how many things there are that we've got to watch, like, in the month of January? It's insane. No. Well, I'm going to break it down to you, so don't worry for that. we got a lot of stuff to get to, but before we get to all of that, as always, we want to start you off, and, and I do hope that here in 2022 you woke up and you realized it's time. It's time for me to start preparing for my future. It's time for me to get my finances in order, and I don't have a freaking clue where to start. Well, did you call Hector yet? Because that's where. Hector is the answer to your financial woes, your questions. Everybody does this around the new year. You start looking, how do I want to wind up at the end of the year? Where do I want to invest in? What am I looking at for preparing for my future? This is where Hector comes in. He's easy to get a hold of with Modern Woodman of America. And the best part about this whole thing, keep this in mind, it's non-fee-based. It costs nothing to meet with Hector. Allow him to lay out that plan for you. So you need to give him a call, 940-453-453. 3490. What Matt just said is the key, man. It's about giving him the call and allowing him to put together a plan that works for you. That's all that finances is, man. It's about getting together, figuring out a plan that works best for your budget, best for your lifestyle, whether you want to be aggressive, whether you want to be conservative, whether you want to be somewhere in the middle. 
And then giving a guy like Hector a call and giving him an opportunity to put that together for you so that 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, you're like, that's the best phone call I ever made. Exactly. So make it happen again. It is a non-fee based, doesn't cost anything to meet with Hector. Okay. He can help you out, help you plan for your future with Modern Woodman of America. His number, Hector Flores, 940-453-3490. He's a big podcast listener. You guys can chat about the podcast. You can chat about your future and how he can help you. 940-453-3490. Also, of course, our friends, the attorneys at Greening Law. If you've been hurt in a car accident, if you've experienced malpractice from a physician, a hospital, or perhaps you were injured on the premises of a business, call the lawyers at Greening Law. Keep this number handy. 972-934-8900. Make that call today. I think the thing about it is the call doesn't cost you anything. Nothing. Not a single solitary dime to pick up the phone, make the call and say, hey, Greening Law, here's my situation. Can you help me? If they take you on as a client, you'll love it. They'll answer questions for you that you didn't even know were supposed to be asked. And I love this. They don't get paid unless you get paid, which means they will work for your butt because everybody wants that check, man. Exactly right. Again, the consultation is absolutely free. Let them be your fierce legal competitor against the insurance companies. That number again, 972-934-8900. Robert Greening, call now, offices, Dallas, Texas. We've made it. We have one more regular season game in the longest regular season in NFL history, the 17th game of the season for your Dallas Cowboys is coming up on Saturday night, and it will be there in the worst city, the hated Eagles of Philadelphia at 7.15 on Saturday night. What do you make of this season for the Cowboys? Dude, I'm going to say this. I try to tell y'all all the time that the football season is long. Mm-hmm. And what I mean, and when I say that, what I mean is you can't be making snap judgments about this player or this team, because what happens is the season is so long, a lot of these things will take care of themselves. And look at look at the Cowboys this year, man. Fantastic for seven weeks, average at best for 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 the last ten weeks as we move into the last week of the season. And if if I had to put one word on it, man, for now, I'd say frustrating is the word because you see so much talent, you see so much potential. And, you know, man, my friend Big Jordan the Big Reese used to say, you know, potential is a fancy word for you ain't done a damn thing yet. That's very true, man. And the reality of this football team is, as you mentioned, 6-1 and one to start. Since that time, they are a team that has gone simply 5-4. and 6-1 and one to start, 5-4 and four since then. And depending on what happens against Philadelphia, we may be talking about a team that closes at 5-5. Five and five. And it's interesting because everybody wants to ignore, and I always love this, and you guys do it that listen to the podcast because you love to tweet at me about it, which I think is interesting because supposedly you're Cowboys fans, but you love to point out when the Cowboys have problems and that's all you want to focus on. You ignore when they have a four-game winning streak because you go, they didn't play anybody. They didn't play anybody. Well, New Orleans might be a playoff team and they beat them, but that doesn't count it only counts that they lost to Arizona. Like this dude tweeted at me, he goes, I told you that they can't beat playoff teams. It's like, I mean, they have wins against teams in the playoffs this year, but those don't count. It's only they can't beat Arizona and Arizona's a playoff team. So that's all that matters to you. 
I have no idea what to make of this team. I have openly said, I said on our last podcast, I don't believe this is a team that's going to do much in the playoffs. The only thing that that might change that is the fact that they do have a defense that's very capable of making life difficult for you. The problem is when you play a team like we saw against Arizona, if you don't turn the ball over, I don't know that you can win. It, it almost feels like this is a team that has to have the defense take the ball away for them to be able to win a football game. There's, <laughs> there's no doubt that, um, to me, I'm laughing, man, because it's so funny how the season has changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it, dude. This offense was averaging 29 points, 400 yards a game, and we sat here and had conversations, Matt. Are they better than 2007 Cowboys offense? <laughs> we did. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> are they Are they better than the than the offense with Romo, Demarco leading the league in rushing, and Dak I mean, and Dez scoring 16 touchdowns? Are they better? I think they are, Matt. I think they're more versatile, Matt. I think they can do things, Matt, that those other units couldn't do. They can run it. They can throw it. And bro, they can't do shit right now on offense. Nah. And so, you know, sometimes you got to laugh to stop from crying. Um. You know, I think the thing about this team is you just see the potential there and you go, if they can ever unlock it and get cranked up, then they can make it happen. But I'm rambling a little bit, but I'm going to tell you something that bothers me, Matt. Yes. Why I think, I don't know, maybe they just can't do it. Now, the other day we talked about the piece I wrote about the offensive line and all the woes they were having on the offensive line. And the fact that the that unit had 52 penalties, um, I'm gonna take it one step further, um, and it's bigger than the offensive line. These Dallas Cowboys lead. Let me see. They're the first or second in the league in pre-snap penalties. Jesus. Offsides, defensive offsides, That's ridiculous procedure. And bro, that to me is just so fundamental about a consistent. Lack of focus that uh, it's just, it's mind-numbing at times. It really is, and it's very, very frustrating. And and again, I I understand all the frustration. And, you know, I I never like to look too far ahead. And there are people who, and I guarantee you, I will get tweets as soon as this podcast drops. And you're welcome to find us on Twitter, at McMatt Radio, at JJT underscore journalist. I told you so. You were talking halfway through the season about how this will be different. I told you I knew it. I don't like to look ahead at the end of the year until we get to the end of the year because I'm a believer in each week you have an opportunity to do things and get better. And I like to see how they finish and what they're going to be. They made the playoffs, which is your first goal. But now you kind of take that and you say, okay, well, what is this team going into the playoffs? And barring something that we have not seen in however long it's been, which I really have months. You got to go back to Halloween when Cooper rush came in and they surprisingly knocked off Minnesota, you know, but really for the offense to where it was clicking, you really have to go back before the bye when they went in new England and put up 35 and put up 567 yards on bill Belichick. Yeah. And so that's halfway through October was the last time we saw this team where you thought, okay, this might be one of the best teams in the NFL. Since then they've been an average team and they struggled in a variety of areas offensively. They stubbornly, it, it, it just feels like they're stubborn. And I think that's what's so damn frustrating about this team and this franchise 
is there just seems to be a stubbornness of we're going to respect of something about we all watch the games and yet they don't want to admit like, oh, yeah, we could probably do this different or maybe we should try this different. Oh, no, there's nothing wrong. Dak and Amari are fine. Oh, what, what are you talking about? Dak's not in a slump. What? Zeke's not hurt. And I get it. You got a coach speak the hell out of it. And, and like you've mentioned a few times, if it was three years ago and everybody had access to the locker room and you could pull up your phone and be like, what about this play here? Like, what am I missing that you guys are telling me different? And you could have the walk off and, and maybe you, there'd be better information. But my God, it's, it's maddening to listen to them when we all watch the games and we sit there and go, you're full of shit. This is not right. <laughs> Kellen Moore is not a god. And, and we can all point to this and sit here and say, you've got a $20 million wide receiver who there's a disconnect. It's obvious between him and the quarterback. You've got a, a, a however many million dollar running back who's banged up. You've got an offensive line who at best is average. And you've got a defense that if they can't take the ball away, the problems on this team, there's too many of them for me going into a playoff scenario to think that they're going to accomplish anything. I don't think that's fair because they haven't shown you anything. Right. They haven't shown you anything that says that. um, There's no solutions to these problems that we talk about on a weekly basis. Nah, that's probably the best way we've said it. There have been, you know, like there's been no solution to the running game. Um, just none. Like, and it doesn't matter whether you think it's the backs or whether you think it's the blocking, the scheme, whatever. Ain't been no real solutions, man. Um, you know, the passing game. It's uh they haven't been able to decipher it, decipher it and get it cranked up in several weeks on a consistent basis. You know, they have flashes Atlanta, Washington, here and there, a play here, a play there. But consistently, they can't do it. And NFL, man, it's all about consistently. Can you consistently run the ball? Can you consistently throw the ball? Can you consistently protect your quarterback? Can you consistently, uh, you know, not give up big plays? It's all about consistency, and they have shown none of that in virtually any area except getting turnovers. Now, that's a good thing, but we get them in the playoffs against the best teams because what, bro? The best teams typically don't turn the ball over very much. Yeah, and, and again – when you look at this, and that's the problem, and, and that's how come now towards the end of the season, I might have adapted the attitude of, of some of you because I wasn't willing to bail out 10 weeks in. I, I would look at it and say, okay, there's still time. Maybe they'll do some things differently. But all we have seen week in and week out is a sample that they're not doing things differently. They are not figuring things out. And at this point, you are what you are. You're not going to magically figure this out against Philadelphia, especially with Tyron Smith on the COVID list, Micah Parsons, Anthony Brown. Others may join them on the COVID list. I don't know how much stock you put into the Philadelphia game, and I don't know why, out of the blue, in a playoff game. Now, they're capable of winning a playoff game, sure, but I don't know why they would do it by winning anything differently than from what we've seen for the last two and a half months. You don't randomly change how you're playing in a one-week scenario. I wouldn't think so, and I don't anticipate it. I think what happens is you can unlock some things that really have you feeling good about the way you're playing and or the way you can play or the way you can execute or the way you can you can attack. And they haven't done that as as often enough. And, you know, man, I think, um, you know, my dad, one of the most important things he used to tell me, and I've passed this on, you know, to my son when I can, to, to friends, to people I mentor, all that kind of stuff, man. 
You cannot lie to yourself. Now, sometimes you got to lie to other people for various reasons. But you can't lie to yourself about what the deal is. And I get the feeling sometimes, man, that they lie to themselves, whether it's Dak and Amari is cool, whether it's Greg the leg is just fine, mm. whether, uh, you know, our running game is going to come together. Or, you know, Dak has a habit of this. And it's one of the few things I would criticize him for. And I don't even know if criticize him in a big way. But Dak's personality is the what, dog? He's always going to find the positive in some situation. And, uh, you know, I don't know what he says privately, but that's what he says publicly. And, you know, the, you know, the whole Dak thing about, you know, we're going to learn from these and we'll come back strong and we learn from that and then we're going to take it out of the next guy. It's just like, bro, we've heard that speech two or three times this year and the shit ain't never worked out right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's about can you really find a different, I don't know, it's a different voice, a different attitude, a little more Michael Parsons attitude, I think, mm -hmm. would be welcome. Yeah, a little bit more realistic approach. Yeah. And again, again, if you guys could get in there and have these one-on-one -on -one conversations that aren't on a Zoom call, you might be able to say, look, dude, I mean, hey, man, last three weeks you've been saying this, but I've seen this and this, and it hadn't changed. What's going on? And maybe you get more of a direct answer that you're just not able to get right now. And I think that that kind of builds into the frustration of this, but it it is frustrating as hell because this team, if if this isn't going to be the year that they capture some magic, I don't know what the positive moving forward is because it's obvious you've got an offensive line that needs some serious work. Yeah, you're positive about your defense, and it looks like you've got some playmakers and Micah Parsons, my God, might be the next Aaron Donald-level dominant defensive player. But it's hard to win in this league. And when you have the opportunity and those years are there, like we've talked about, you have to capitalize on that. And for whatever reason, it really feels like as the season has progressed, the Cowboys have gone backwards instead of moving forwards from where they were. No, I don't think there's any doubt about that, Doug. They've gotten worse and worse and worse over the course of the season. Again, if you take away the big wins over Atlanta and Washington, Doug, right. they're averaging like 21 points a game and 350 yards or something like that. They just haven't played well uh, for a long stretch. Check this out, bro. They've played mediocre football a lot longer this year than they've played excellent football. Yeah. It's not even close. It's like 10 weeks to six weeks. And, and again, reality of it is because they played so well early on in the season, it, it positioned them to where they're at right now. And then you look at a team like Philadelphia, who they're going to conclude their regular season with. Philadelphia was a team that at one point was three and six. And all they've done since that time is they've gone out and won six out of their last seven. And, and again, we can sit there because if you're going to do it to the Cowboys, you have to do it to Philadelphia. You can sit there and say, well, I mean, who did they beat? They beat Denver, New Orleans, the Jets, Washington twice, and the Giants. They didn't beat a, anybody. They, no, they beat a bunch of bad teams. That but Dallas they did. figure out how to beat them. But they figured out how to win, and they positioned themselves, and guess who's in the tournament? The Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I don't think Philadelphia – I honestly don't think they're that good of a team. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Dallas. And then you look at it and you go, huh, Dallas is 11-6 and six and Philadelphia is 10-7. and seven. And I wouldn't be surprised if both of them are one and done in the NFL playoffs. No, nah, not at all. But man, it, it's 
It's going to be interesting Saturday night. It's frustrating with the COVID thing because the the fun part about Dallas this year has been watching Micah Parsons out there, and you kind of wonder, even if Dallas wins, it, it it's not going to matter for the most part, you wouldn't think. They need a lot of help around them to be able to move their positioning in the playoffs. And the most likely scenario is that it, it's going to be Arizona and Dallas on wildcard weekend. And who knows? It's always hard to beat a team twice in a season. And, and, and maybe the Cowboys get in a blueprint. But the problem is we know they're not going to be able to run the football. We know this offensive line isn't very good. And we know that for whatever reason, defenses are playing Dak in a way and I don't know how you adjust to that. I don't know if you try to do more RPOs, if you try to do more tempo, but you have to have success uh, to be able tempo. to do tempo. Tempo is a way to go. Um, the other way to go, you know, um, you know, because I think it's the fact that teams are playing deck differently as an individual than they show on tape. And so maybe it's, uh, it's studying more of the previous games you've played against all opponents to figure out, you know, how teams in general are scheming you and playing against you. Uh, it's, it's a difficult thing. Um, you know, it's, uh, but check this out, bro. You got to figure it out, man. <laughs> I mean, nobody said it was easy. Trigonometry is hard. Calculus is hard. Uh, my class at SMU is hard. But a lot of folks figure it out and end up with A's. Well, see, and that's the problem, though, is this is not something new. This is not, wow, man, did you see what Arizona did? That's really interesting. Other teams have done this. And and, and so to me, that's where the frustration comes in is there's not a one-game sample size where Dallas is like, that was interesting. I hope we don't see that again. There's a multi-game sample size where they're not figuring out this uh, stuff. Well, you know what, bro? I just had a moment of clarity. This is all built on, on the same stuff. But, you know... A lot of what we're talking about, you know, you can miss the forest for the trees, which is a lot of what the Cowboys' problem is, is self-induced. And I'm talking, I'm back on these penalties, and here's why, bro. When you have a penalty or you have a missed block and it results in a tackle for loss or you have a sack or whatever, your drive is essentially wrecked because it's hard to mm -hmm. consistently overcome those negative plays and those second and third and long situations especially for this particular offense, for whatever reason. And so when you look at pre-snap penalties or you look at the penalties, leading the league in penalties, that's a lot of times that they have, through their own play, kind of handicapped themselves and put themselves behind the proverbial eight ball. And so the, re the way that you say, it, well, how can you get it fixed is, you know, if you'll cut down some of your mistakes that don't have a whole lot to do with the other team, right. your drop passes, your blown coverages, your pre-snap penalties, if you'll just play clean football, then you have a shot, but you're not good enough right now to overcome all the stuff that you throw on there that's self-induced. That's true, and, and reality of it is, again, we say those things, and week in and week out, we do not see them fixing those things. There, there's a reason why they continue to lead the league in those problems, because they commit them week in and week out. And that's what's so head-scratching about this, is in the frustration about how Dak talks about it and, and, and McCarthy and all these guys, because they say the right things and nothing changes. Right. It's the same mistakes. It's the same pre-stop mistakes. It's the same, what are we doing offensively? We're still disjointed. Well, yes, but you said that last week, and it's the same damn result, and you're doing the same damn crap. Fix it, Rich.
it's frustrating as hell. But as far as Saturday night's game at this point, again, because it sounds like we may by the time we actually get to Saturday night, I mean, they're already without Micah, Anthony Brown, and Tyron Smith. And I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of other names are added to that list by the time the game gets underway Saturday night. How much do you put into that? It depends on who's available and how they're going to be able to play. And if they attack it and it's only those three guys, I still think the Cowboys have a great chance to win the game. If they start adding more names to that list, Philadelphia can easily win. And I don't know if it matters. I don't know how much it matters that you win that final game. I think it matters for your ego. It matters for your feel good. It doesn't matter in the big picture. But uh, you'd like to play well. You'd like to be representative. I mean, if you they go up there and lose under man 17-13, nobody really cares. Um, if they go up there and win 17-13, I think it'd be a little bigger deal. Um, but if they were to get blown out, I think it'd be like, oh, my God. I mean, I know you sent your backups up there, but yeah. damn. Yeah, you don't want to have that happen. So it's so hard because we always throw out a score prediction. I mean, I'm just going to go with what we know right now. And that's under the assumption that, that Dak's playing and everybody else is going to play, minus the three dudes that we've already seen. Again, Philadelphia, I mean, Philadelphia is such a weird-ass team. And, and Jalen is such an interesting quarterback. He's like a 61% passer, 16-9 and nine on touchdowns for the year. But he is their leading rusher, and we all know his ability to do things with his legs. I think this is one of those. I have no hope for the Cowboys offense. I don't know why it would be any different from what we've seen in recent weeks. And this is one of those games I can see like a 21-17 Cowboys win. Oh, I don't see that, bro. I think uh, I think COVID gets the Cowboys. I think the Eagles' uh, two-pronged running attack uh, with Jalen Hurts and whoever they throw back there uh, will create some problems for them. Uh, I see the Eagles winning this one, man, because I think the Cowboys' offense is still broken. Uh, 24-20, Philly. Yeah, and so there it is. I mean, it's – we'll see how it goes, and then we'll move on to the playoffs. I mean, next week we'll be doing a podcast talking about a wild-card playoff game. And wow. we'll get into that next week, and we'll have a whole thing, and, and we'll go from there. But as we continue – have you guys tried your bruise biltong yet? Have you put in your orders? I know got a couple of messages from some of you over the last couple of days. What is biltong? It, it's like beef jerky, but it isn't. It's it's actually it's called biltong, much like we call it jerky. It's biltong. It's a traditional South African air dried meat. I think it's better. It's more savory. It's tastier. It's full of flavor. There's zero sugar. No artificial ingredients. And we talk about this all the time, the tenderness of this biltong. You can snack on it and grab a handful, and you can do this. You can go to the website, bruisebiltong.com, B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G, bruisebiltong.com, and they sell the two-ounce bags that are 240 calories and 30 grams of protein, which makes for a perfect delicious snack. Dude, don't forget, there's no sugar, there's no carbs, there's no additives, um, if you're trying to work out or just eat healthy a little bit, it's great because it's filling without all the bad stuff. Um, I love it. Mid-afternoon snack. That's my go-to, bro. It's, uh, it's terrific, man. 
It's fantastic. I think you're really going to like it. If you haven't tried it yet, you need to make sure you use the promo code JAM15. That's J-A-M-15 at checkout, and you get 15% off your order. If you like beef jerky, I'm telling you, you're going to absolutely love Biltong. Also, of course, Deb and Mike, the husband and wife team behind Blue Star Motor Group. Keep the number handy. You can call or text her, 817-881-4066. Maybe you walked outside this week and you're like, man, I sure would like to sell my car. That's where Deb comes in. Shoot her a text back. Hey, Deb, I'd like to sell my car. Tell her the make and the model, how many miles are on it. Give her a little info about it. And she'll do the numbers, maybe ask you a couple of questions. They will come to you, wherever you are, they will come to you. They will take your car and they will give you cash on site to buy your vehicle. Easy. That's a whole lot better than that, man. Unless you're trying to buy a car. Then it gets even better, man. They got great inventory. Go to bluestarmotorgroup.com. Check it out. They got cars for every budget. They got cars if you want to buy a teenager car to get them started. They got cars if you can afford a six-digit car. They got cars every budget in between. And the good thing is, again, Deb does her thing, man. She ain't got to talk with the finance manager. She is the finance manager. She ain't got to talk with the GM. Guess what, folks? She is the GM. She ain't got to talk to nobody. She just makes deals. So give her a call. She'll hit you back. Go make a deal. Go get a car from Blue Star Motor Group because you'll be glad you did because once the handshakes are done and the, and the contracts have been signed, you will be thinking, this is a win-win. I feel good about this. You will indeed. So keep it handy when you are ready for that car decision, whether you are buying or selling. Make sure you start with Blue Star Motor Group, 817-881-4066 or online at bluestarmotorgroup.com. They will make it that easy for you. As we continue, let's take a little trip around the block here. We've got a couple of things to toss out your way that I think you will enjoy. First off, for those of you in the DFW area, and I know many of you that listen are in the DFW area, did you see that Manny's, which had been a Tex-Mex restaurant there in Uptown, was damaged by a fire and they're not reopening? Manny's Uptown is closing. It hadn't been open since 2019 it was over there off lemon and 75 and they're done they're just not going to ever reopen they had been there since 2005 i wonder why uh i mean i guess with covid and, and everything going on and it's hard to hire employees now maybe it's uh it's too big a project to get it back open again but that's uh it's sad you hate i mean it's one thing if you make the decision to close yeah. it's another thing if something else happens that makes it for you yeah i guess i mean it's it's one of those places they turned that like a house into a mexican food place kind of over there by the rustic and that dog park yeah. thing but i mean 14 years they had been operating you have a little bit of a fire and then they kind of just decide nah we're not going to do it and you know, that whole area over there is really interesting because eventually the rustic is supposed to get torn down and they're building a big ass uh, high rise there on that corner. I mean, that, right? That's the problem, man, with, with that downtown Dallas area. Anything that has been there forever, eventually somebody comes in that's just got a ton of money now and they all want to put high rises everywhere. Yep. And then they and then if you don't, you know, it, it depends if you just got a lease, they just, you know, raise your rent to the point where you got to make a move. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a hard thing, man. It's, uh, it's, uh, that's just the way business rolls, man. I was going to say it's not gentrification like it's happening over there, you know, um, North Oak cliff and yeah. And yeah like Bishop Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that, but it's, it's similar in terms of 
out with the old in with the new. Yeah, it's basically like we've got way more money than you can afford, so we're just going to buy you, get out, and we're building a big-ass place. Another Tex-Mex place, Mikosina, which has been in the West Village there, is closing their doors in West Village. They have been in West Village since 2002. They will be closing in February after 20 years. But just that location, apparently, and part of the reason why, I guess, is because they opened a new location there in Clyde Warren Park, which is not too far away from West Village, I guess. And so even though they consider that to be two different customer bases, they're going to try and move around, and they're actually going to find a place. This is what's weird. So they're closing in West Village, and they're actually moving closer to the one in Clyde Warren Park. They're going to open a new one there off of McKinney Avenue where Del Frisco's used to be. Really? Which is kind of strange because you're even closer to Clyde Warren Park. So there's going to be two Mikosinas, literally, that you could walk to each other from. That's interesting that they would build them that close together. Yeah, it is, man. It is a terrific restaurant, one of my favorite spots. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because... You know, I didn't realize this. Like, Mikosina opened 30 years ago for the first time in Dallas, and they now have 21 restaurants across Dallas-Fort Worth. They seem like there's one on every corner, I got to tell you. Yeah, they're everywhere. And then they've got the, what's the, Otaco Diner is them, too. They do Mikosina. Um, That's really my favorite of the chain restaurants. That's yeah. my favorite one. But they're down to, like, one or two now. Yeah, you don't see those too much anymore. They used to be, like, everywhere. It was, like, a smaller version Right. They at least used to have five or six of them, but uh, they're down. Although recently, man, the last six months or so, I've been uh, I've been going for more. I don't want to call it authentic. I've been going for smaller, you know, family owned places or, you know, much smaller, much smaller spots to uh, sample my tacos and Mexican fare. Yeah, there's a I mean, you know how it is. Dallas Fort Worth. There's a thousand of them. I just like to sample them all. Yeah, there's a gazillion of them. That's that's one thing. If somebody could come to Birmingham and do Tex-Mex right, and there's a Chewy's here and there's some places like that, but there's nothing like what you would get there. And it's funny because for a long time, when I lived here before, I'm trying to remember the name of that restaurant. I can't remember the name of it, but it, it was like a direct ripoff of Mikosina. I mean, right, literally, right, right. like I walked in and I thought it was a Mikosina, but it wasn't called that. And I found out through people that I knew that were from here that basically the dude that started it had gone to Dallas, went to a Mikosina, and was like, oh, this would work in Birmingham, and ripped off the concept and opened it and called it something else. Simomina? <laughs> no, it wasn't that close. Simomina. <laughs> I'm trying to, it might have been called like Cosina Superior or something like that. I mean, it was something similar. But, I mean, literally you would walk in and it had the same type setup and the food was real similar. It was good. I mean, it was really good. But they had closed that one down here from a while back. And so, I don't know. I thought that was – it's interesting how – I don't know. Sometimes with Birmingham, I think, man, somebody should – somebody smart, smarter than me, should open up like a really kick-ass Tex-Mex place. And it just – because there's a, there's not a really good one here. When I lived here before, there was one that we would go to. And Birmingham doesn't have like a really large Hispanic population. Right. But there was one that Hispanic people tend to go to. And we went there once. And I was like, okay. Like, this is legit. Like, you can tell this is legit Mexican food. And that was pretty good. But that was kind of like a hole-in-the-wall place that we don't really live by anymore. But I don't know. Tex-Mex is one of those things that I do miss. I get you. I feel you. I mean, there's some good taco spots here, but there's just not like that sit down, 
this is really good. I mean, hell, I went to a couple of the places I've been to for Tex-Mex here that I've gone to are probably the worst that I've ever had in my life. Like, I don't even know how they're in business. And uh, I thought it was uh, comical. I was like, really? You guys think this is good? (laughs) Nah, bro. Try again. Yeah, and apparently there's a place in downtown that we tried to go to. It's called El Barrio, which is a a Spanish for the neighborhood is what that means. And it's modern Mexican cuisine. We went there once, and it was an hour and a half wait. And that is supposed to be like the spot for Mexican food in Birmingham. So we we've been Damn. we had said like one day when I get done with the show we could go early because they say if you don't get there early then it's an hour wait like at five o'clock, but they open at like three so if you get in there like around four you could walk in and get it because I'm not waiting an hour and a half I'm I was like I wanted to tell the person at the door I was like look I'm from Texas okay hour and a half for this no <laughs> you should have told him. I almost thought that. I was like, why don't you let me in and I'll sample your food and I'll let you know if it's actually legit really good. And they'd be, get out of here, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a waiter, man. Like, I will not, I don't care what it is. My max for waiting on food at a restaurant is probably 20 to 30 minutes. Like, if I walk into a place and go, oh, we got a 45-minute wait, I don't care what it is, I'm, I'm out. I feel you on that, bro. Because I want to eat. Yeah. It's, um, I'm probably like you. If the company is good and we're just chilling, relaxing, maybe 30 minutes, but I can't really go much longer than that. Well, and to me, that's under, like, I won't just sit there and wait. Like, I'm, I would wait maybe a little bit longer if they're like, hey, we don't have a table. It's going to be a 45 minute wait, but we do. If you'd like to grab a drink at the bar, you know, I might do that. If there was a bar opportunity where I could sit and at least have a drink while I'm waiting, there is no way in hell I'm going to sit in a lobby and wait for an extended period. I'm not doing it because there's no way. Like, what are you doing to your food that's so amazing? Because I'm hungry now, (laughs) and I could go somewhere else and eat food that's probably equivalent to this and walk back by, and the people that are still waiting are starving, and I just had a nice meal. Hey, man, but those those places are often popular because they are. Uh, they're good. So and that, that's why, like, I don't mind making reservations, but this place in particular that I was talking about here, they don't take reservations. So you got to show up and you put your name on a list. And, you know, fortunately, it is in an area where you could do that and be like, okay, well, let us know 45 minutes. And then maybe you walk across the street and get a drink from one of the bars down there or something like that. And then you go back over there. But, man, I, I'm... I don't know how you people, I don't, I don't know how anybody waits an hour. If somebody tells me, oh, I'm sorry, we can get you in in an hour. I'd be like, nope, I'll come back never. That's a long time, brother. That's yeah, I mean, I'm not doing, I don't do that for haircuts. I don't do that for oil change. I don't do that for anything. I can't handle it. Used to be, now I've gotten into where I have a guy that I like that cuts my hair and does my beard trim and stuff. And so I schedule him where I can walk in and I just get right in. But used to be before I started doing that, you know, I'd go to like sport clips or something like that, and I'd open the door, and if there were people sitting there waiting. I just turned around and got back in my car and left. <laughs> and I bet I'm they were always like, "Man, what is that guy doing?" I'm uh, I'm messing, I'm messing with you, but I'm I'm really not that, uh, not that far behind you when it comes to that mess. I'm just not, I'm not into the weight game, man. I mean, I I just I don't know. I feel like I've got too many things that I could be doing where. Generally speaking, at that point, it is not that important to me. 
And that's really what it comes down to. It's time is more important, right? I'm more of a, I want to be able to use my time for what I'd like to be doing rather than I'm sitting here waiting on this, wondering what the hell I'm sitting here waiting for. And I don't even know if it's worth it in some cases. That's the deal right there. It is. I mean, that's part of the problem. Like, I don't know how people go to amusement parks anymore. You think I'm going to wait in line for an hour to get on something that takes two minutes? Hell no. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm just... (laughs) God. (laughs) Of course you are. I'm going to leave that all alone. What's the longest you ever waited for anything? I'm going to leave that one alone, too. Um, (laughs) Let me see. (laughs) I mean, in in a normal situation... Like I mean, for food or something like that, where it just got over the, you know, where you started wondering, do we just leave? I mean, are, are we sitting here? Like, how does this go? Uh, let me see. I don't know. There's some things you get caught in the commitment thing. Like, I've already committed this much time. I'd hate to leave right now. Yeah. Uh, but, dude, I can't really remember anything. I mean, some of it's the restaurants, obviously, if it was a, you know, a hot spot or a good spot or something like that. You know what's going to happen? As soon as we get off, I'm going to remember because there's something that I that's like in the back of my head that, that's like perfect for this, but I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, I remember when I lived in Gainesville, Florida years ago <clears throat> that I was in the drive through line for Burger King and I was stuck and I couldn't get out and it wasn't one of those drive throughs that you could, I mean, you, there's cars behind me and a car in front of me and I was in the drive through line for over an hour and I was, I went nuts. It was unbelievable. And then you get to the line at the front and they're like, Oh, sorry for the wait. We were having problems and they didn't even care. And I, I pulled out, went inside and just went off on the manager and I called Jeez. corporate. Oh, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like what is an hour and 17 minutes in the drive through and no apology, no anything, nothing, and you guys don't even care. And I I didn't go to Burger King for like 15 years after that. Jeez. No, when Matt gets down, you know, he's serious now. No, I'm serious. I mean, I, I was like, if that's how you feel, I don't ever need to go to you. What's the point? There's a lot of other places I could go. And, and, and that's part of it. I'll tell you this right now, and I don't know if you have these problems or if it's just a Birmingham thing. We are having the worst problems with FedEx really it's it's stunning and i talked about this now i didn't say their name on my radio show the other day but everybody knew who i was talking about because i I told this story about how and this is what it is so one of the suburbs of this area is bessemer is a suburb of birmingham and the fedex facility or whatever is in bessemer you can track it on your phone and it'll say in bessemer which is about 15 20 minutes from where i live and i'll get it like two or three days later I'm like, I could drive to your damn warehouse and pick it up in 20 minutes, but it takes you three days to get it to us. And then one time the FedEx guy, because we, we do, we use a food service called hungry root where they pack like food and stuff and and you can make them into meals and all that. It's it's really good hype. You know, it's quality vegetables and food and it's healthy and that type of thing. So hungry root was supposed to get here for us on Wednesday. We still don't have it. FedEx says that it's shipped. We don't know where it is. Hungry Root is pissed off about it, but can't do anything. And it's it's perishables. I mean, some of it's supposed to be kept cold. We were supposed to have gotten it Wednesday. Here it is. We're recording this on Thursday evening. We still don't have it. And we don't know when we're getting our box this week. This happened before. And when the dude delivered it, I kid you not, he got out of his truck, walked halfway up our sidewalk, tossed the box, 
up onto our porch and it landed, fell on its side and split open. Wow. And I don't have a ring, but I talked about this on my show and people sent me videos of their ring from the FedEx delivery people in Birmingham doing the same damn thing. And I thought if you're FedEx and, and you see this, how does this person work for you and why is this such a problem? Dude. Well, I mean, you know, it's one, it's uh it's hard to find employees these days. So, you know, it, it takes a lot to get fired. But two, you know, some of that's just about pride in your job, bro. It's that, but at the same time, to me, and I get that it's individuals that are doing this, but if I'm FedEx, to me, it's the Bill Belichick thing. FedEx, to me, you have one job. You have one job. Deliver my damn package. That's your, I don't care how it gets here. I don't care what the excuse is. You're FedEx, and that's why you have a company. Amazon doesn't have any problem. This is why everybody does everything with Amazon anymore because they have just destroyed everything else. Pretty much. It's so strange. Like UPS, we have no problem. And we've, we've contacted the hungry people and, and we were like, how can we get, because at one point UPS was delivering it and then FedEx started doing it and we asked them, can you not ship it? How do we get UPS? Because we've never had a problem with UPS. I don't know what, what the answer option? is. And they apparently they don't know what to do about it either. It's, it's an... It's 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 unfortunate because we really like their service, but with FedEx, it's almost becoming to a point where anything shipped FedEx, you just can't do anymore. Well, dude, I mean, it's you know, I think uh, I think you're right when you talk about Amazon has just kind of dominated the market, and you know, it's if you don't go with them, it's at your own mercy. <laughs> It pretty much is. And, and so I'll tell you this, you know, if, if you are FedEx or know somebody who works like a high up at FedEx in Memphis or something, you should let them know because this is a legitimate problem. And it's not just me. I mean, there's a ton of people when I talked about this and I never mentioned their name on the air, several people tweeted at me, it's FedEx. We all know it's FedEx. I was like, yes, it is. Obviously. You don't even have to say their name. That's how they're, they're so bad here. All you got to do is say, who's the shittiest delivery service on the planet in Birmingham? And everybody here knows it's FedEx. Is that what you want your slogan to be, FedEx? FedEx, the shittiest delivery service. Dude, you can't be saying that. Why not? <laughs> it is. I mean, let's just be honest and call it what it is. FedEx is jealous of their daddy, Amazon. Wow, you pulled the daddy card out. <laughs> Who's your I daddy? I forgot I wanted to go off on this, and it just came into my head because we're dealing with it again, and it's just, it is mind-boggling. And that's what's so crazy is, how can Amazon ship stuff all over the place constantly all the time, and no matter what, now it's not always like this. Sometimes you order stuff and it's not two days, but it's always three, and they always say, you know, it's two days, and if it says two days, it's 99% it's of the time it's there in two days. They just got a better system. I know, so copy it. Somebody go be a spy at Amazon and figure it out. Jeez. All right, before we get into our conversation with Clarence Hill Jr., let's tell you about, see, and this is why we like to tell you about our sponsors, because our sponsors actually do what they're supposed to do, like Freeway Tire Shop. You know what Freeway Tire Shop does? What is their name? Freeway Tire Shop. 
They can give you tires and they will do it when they say they're going to do it. They back up what they say. And if you're not happy, guess what? JR will go out of his way to make sure that you are happy and satisfied. He stands behind his work and you can trust them. Freeway Tire Shop, the anti-FedEx. I think the thing about Freeway Tire, man, it's JR. And uh, he learned this when he was working at Home Depot many years ago. And he brought it to, to his own company when he started his customer service, man. He excels at it. His company excels at it. doesn't matter who you talk to. It's all the same. And uh, I use them because you can trust them, dog. You can trust them to diagnose the problem. You can trust them to use quality parts to fix it. You can trust them to give you a fair and honest price, which we know is not always the case with mechanics. And you can f- trust him to stand behind his work, dog. He does all of this on a regular basis, and uh, that's why he's terrific. That's exactly right. So make it happen again, whether it's a state inspection or an oil change, or you do need a new set of tires or perhaps some engine work, JR and his crew, you need to get over there. Elite customer service, competitive pricing at Freeway Tire Shop, right off I-35, just north of downtown Dallas. Request your quote, schedule an appointment online at freewaytireshop.com. Also, of course, you would expect the same and you will receive the same from Aaron and his guys at HFX Foundation Solutions. Foundation is is a tricky thing. It really is. And as we go through the Texas weather and the drastic changes that many of you experience in Texas with the foundation, it may be this spring, maybe hell, it could be tomorrow where you wake up and you're like, swear that crack wasn't there last year. And maybe you didn't notice it before. But those are signs from your house, whether it's the sticking doors, the sloped floors, the soil washout, you need to give Aaron and HFX Foundation Solutions a call. It's a free, no obligation inspection. Let them come out. Let them give you that inspection. And if there is a problem, they offer that third-party financing. The key is with your foundation, you want to catch it as early as possible. Dude, that's because if you catch it as early as possible, odds are getting the thing fixed and repaired will only cost you a fraction of the cost. I always recommend call Aaron, let HFX HFX do its thing, let them come inspect your crib, let them make sure that everything's cool, man, because it's always better to be proactive rather than reactive. That's exactly right. It's easy to do. You can find them online at hfxfoundation.com, or you can give them a call, 817-770. 0174. Again, it's 45 minutes that could save you thousands of dollars in potential damages. Catch those issues early with your free, no obligation inspection with HFX Foundation Solutions. 817-770-0174. Here we are, and it is time. We haven't haven't talked to him in what two, three weeks? Some Thursday games, the holidays happening. We didn't do a couple of uh Friday shows, but Glad to have him back now, brought to you by Soda Weight Loss. You read him, and you have for years in the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, longtime Cowboys beat writer, Clarence E. Hill Jr. joining us. And chill, here we are with one regular season game yet to go. The Cowboys are 11-5. and How do you feel about this team? I'll just ask you that. Coming off that loss to Arizona, what do you make of where the Cowboys are as they enter the regular season finale? I mean, I, I just think they're disjointed, and, and, and there is not any rhythm to, to what they're doing, especially in offense, they're, they don't have any momentum, you know, no matter what people think about that four-game winning streak and that 56 points they put up on Washington. This, this offense has been, you know, it's been bad, but, you know, you've had your moments, but it, it has not been consistent, you know, since that Denver game. And really, you can go back to 
when Zeke got hurt and the running game stopped being a big part of what they did on offense, that, you know, the way teams are playing them with the pass and they're playing back and playing umbrella coverage and top coverage, you have to beat them with the running game. And the Cowboys don't run well enough uh, to open things up and they can't make the play down the field now because no one's giving them those opportunities. So there's not a lot of confidence. You know, the, the good news is that there's really, even though Green Bay is, you know, has the best record, you know, I think the playoffs are wide open as they've been in a long time. There's really no juggernaut team. Uh, but the Cowboys are just not doing themselves any favors where they're playing and where they're committing penalties and the like. You know, it, there's not a lot of confidence that this year will be the year that they're going to break that, you know, 26-year hold or not make it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, that takes us to this. Uh, what's the impact COVID's going to have on them this week? You know, I think that, you know, they, they've talked about playing to win and, and all this other stuff, but I think they need to bubble this thing up. I, I would keep guys out. I would not try to play to win. I try to keep guys healthy and safe as possible. You're already going to be without some guys. You know, some of your key guys are going to go into next week, even with the, even when they come back. You know, they're not going to be at full strength. You know, Micah and Tyron and, and those guys, you know, sometimes, you know, last week they had Jordan Lewis on a pitch count after missing a week with COVID. You know, we saw that Amari Cooper, it took him a while to get going after missing some time with COVID. It's just not the best scenario right now for them to play their best football. And, you know, the good news is they should get those guys that are out this week back for next week. But will they be at their best? And going into this week's game, you know, we still don't know who could be added to the list, you know, before Saturday. Uh, so it was noble for them to want to go into this game to win. and uh, But let's try to do it with your backup. Yeah, it's – it's an interesting conundrum, I think, for them because how much do you put into the idea of, well, you want to win to try and get, I guess, momentum going into the playoffs versus you dealing with this COVID stuff. If you play with your backups and you lose two, you've got a two-game losing streak going into your playoff game. How do you balance that? Well, I mean, I, you know, I, but you, if you got a two-game losing streak and you've done it because, you know, you got Cooper Rush starting and, and everybody else sitting, that's, that's not a... a blow to your mindset. It's not a blow to your psyche because you know why that was the case. Uh, what you want to do offensively, what, you, what, you, what they want to do is to do something, whether they win the game or not, just go out there and look good and, and, and build some momentum, do some things to execute uh, properly and, and show uh, some improvement uh, of some things that have been lacking, whether that's you know the routes with, with Dak and the receivers or, or the running game or the blocking or whatever else. You know, I don't know if you need a win to do that, but again, those are things you're balancing, and yeah, you you know it, it would look good to sweep the NFC East. It would look good to have 12 wins on your record, resume. But what you want to do is put yourself in the best position to have success in the playoffs, and and and, and that's what no one knows. I mean, it, it sounds good. You want to play to win and all that stuff, but that's if you got your guys ready to go, um, and that's if you really you know have a chance to improve your your light your lot so so to speak. I and mean, they need a lot of stuff to happen on Sunday to move up from four. You know, and, and the way Zeke is, is, you know, just looking at Zeke, I mean, why is he playing this game? You know, give him a chance to rest. He's trying to get 1,000 yards, dog. Dude, he needs <laughs> he needs damn near 100 to get to 1,000. He ain't had more than 50 in the last 10 weeks. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> not based on what we've seen the last 10 weeks. And 1,000 yards in 17 games, not the same as 1,000 yards in 16 games. I'm sorry. It's true. It's not. 
I would agree with that. I mean, he's he's 915 yards. That's what he is. He's got a bonus right. week to try to figure that out. He got got a bonus week, and again, you're you're, you're still needing 85 yards. You hadn't had more than 52 in the last 10 games. What makes okay. you think things gonna change this week? Nothing. <laughs> a little prayer. New Year's resolution. Nothing's you know, gonna change. I mean, th- this run game is what it is. There's no magic fix. I mean, th- this isn't well, like. And, and that's just it. That's that is the problem. You know, you, you when you talk about Dak and receivers, all we want to we know when they get in hurry up offense, they can get some things done. The problem is during the game, you know, when they can't run and they're putting these third and long situations and the teams are playing back. Uh, it has been a problem. That's why they're disjointed. That's why. You know, there, there's no rhythm because, you know, they're not no longer in those third and short situations where the, the whole playbook is opened up for Dak and Kellen Moore. Uh, and, 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 again, it, it starts – it's not just the backs, it's the blocking. The blocking has been awful. You know, uh, the, the the tight end blocking, I mean, you can't – I mean, you watched that game last week and a couple of times that, you know, it was Schultz who, who wrecked everything up by missing his block time and time again. Okay, now I'm a, I'm a this now I'm not sitting here saying Dalton Schultz is a good blocker because he's not. You can't ask Dalton Schultz to block Chandler Jones and then when he get beat, say, "Ah, I can't believe he messed that play up and, and couldn't get the block." Well, again, that, that goes that goes to the, the scheming, the design that's that's on the OC. You know that yeah. too. You know, so that's the blocking. That's that's the, the game plan design, the run game coordinator, whoever designed the run game. Whatever reason they thought that could work, but that ain't gonna work, and it hasn't that worked. Never it hasn't worked all work. season. Well, um, well, that's is, part of it. Uh, is there a problem with Dak and Amari? <laughs> oh, that was a good question right there. Well, it's a good question because because the numbers suggest there are, but but the facts say that that Amari is the biggest reason why Dak got his money. I mean, you go back to 2018 and before Dak, before yeah. Mari came aboard and, 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 and since Mari, I mean, that's the reason Dak has taken off. That's the reason why Dak is able to get his money as a quarterback because of Amari and what he's brought to the team, the mission he's brought to the team. And you look at Amari's numbers before COVID and after COVID, they've been down. He has had a thousand, I've been a hundred yard receiver game since that Minnesota game when, uh, Dak was out and, 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 uh, the other quarterback was in. I can't. My mind's gone blank. But uh, Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush was in there, you know, playing quarterback. But yeah, it, it, it's an issue. And I, my problem is, is, is not just Dak and Amari. It, it's really the offense and the philosophy uh, of we don't force the ball to our number one receiver. We're not scheming our number one receiver to get him open. You know, we throw to everybody. I don't. That's not the case in Green Bay. You know, everybody knows that he, they want to get the ball at Adams, and somehow. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gets the ball to him. You know, just like Troy Aikman. You know, I'm going to try to get Michael Irvin involved early. Why do you not want to get Amari Cooper involved early? Keen him open. You would think so. so much to what you do as a passing game. Mm -hmm. But, again, it goes back to, like, we talk about with the run game. It's not like they're exiting the preseason or exiting week three or four. There's one game left in the regular season, and this has been something that has been obvious for the last eight, nine games that week in and week out, it seems like everybody kind of brings up, and yet it never gets fixed. No, it, it never gets fixed. And, and, and you know, again, it, 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 none of it makes any sense. And, you know, and, and, and again, it's not just Dak. It's not just Amari. It, it, it's killing more in, in his scheming and designs and, and all that other stuff. And, you know, you know, it, it's funny how, you know, we just had him gone, you know, mid-season. 
what are the Cowboys going to do when Kellen Moore is gone? Because he's going to get a head coaching job. Is he really going to get a head coaching job based on what we've seen? Nope. Yeah, hey, let me answer that for you. Hell no. <laughs> Not based on what we've seen. And, and that's you know, because part of being a coach is, is, you know, when they talk about handling adversity, there's one, is there's one thing that looks good in college players, everything's going right, but now the defense has made an adjustment. What adjustments are the Cowboys making? As None. A staff? None. None that we see, at least that, that become obvious, because the same things that are problems week in and week out that were problems, like I said, eight or nine games ago are still problems right now. And you just wonder at what point are they going to sit back and go, oh, we should try this differently when it looks like they don't. And, and to your point, Chill, about Amari Cooper, you know, we, we all talk about this, whether it's Devontae Adams or Cooper Cup or Stefan, whoever it is, these other teams, these other defenses know we got to stop this guy. And those receivers are still finding out ways to put up numbers. Oh, yeah. It's the numbers, his targets. I mean, I think his targets, he's like 50th in the league in targets. You know, he's, you know, he's the third, you know, fewest targeted person on the team behind Dollar Schultz and C.D. Lamb. I mean, you know, and he's actually got, got less catches than, than Schultz and Lamb. And, and that should not be the case, even if he's missed those two games. You know, he, his targets and, his, you know, his meanings in the offense should be up higher than what it is. It, you know, you go back, you know, you know, we're old school. You know, Jerry Rice always made an impact. You know, yeah. and, and everybody knew that you want to take Jerry Rice out of the game. He made an impact. And then you talk about these other guys in this league and they're finding a way to get the ball to their number one receiver because of what he means. And I can't believe that Jerry Jones want to pay a guy $20 million a year and him, him to be your third, you know, option on offense. To me, that's the big thing, man. You're not getting a return on your investment. I mean, there's a reason why you paid him $20 million a year. It's to be that guy, that dude. And the only way you get that return on investment <laughs> is to give him the ball and allow him to be the weapon that he's supposed to be. And, and open things up for everybody else. I mean, you, you saw when, when he gets the ball, gets involved, it opens things up. And, look, we all love CD and what he can do and his potential. But he's not Amari Cooper. No. Not, not yet. Either. No, he's not. But I, I guess because, again, with one game remaining, and like we talked about with the COVID issues, I don't even know how much weight you put on that. What is there to expect in the playoffs for this team? Because at some point – and I would imagine 16 games in is a pretty damn good sample size. Aren't you kind of what you are at this point? Yeah, you are what you are. They could have won that game last week. As bad as they played, as bad as they started, the game was still there for them to taking for the taking if, you know, that don't fumble. If uh, you don't have beyond the holding thing, you know, Javon, I mean, uh, Curse dropped the interception, you know, that would have taken three points off the board. In, in, in the... Uh, Inside in a dome, I just don't understand a kicker missing this many kicks, especially the ones he missed in the dome. You're supposed to make those in the dome, you know. I, mean, I, can't trust, I can't trust you to go to Green Bay and make a kick, you know, in the cold gonna, when you can't make them in pristine conditions in the dome. But I'm just saying, though, as bad as we talk and, and they're frustrated, having the, the lack of confidence, there's still games that are there for the taking for this team if they could just fix one or two things. And that's why you still say it can happen. They just got to put it together. You've been a little harsh on the kicker, man. He had surgery in May. Stop it. I mean, he's got a <laughs> lot of experience. Oh, my God. I mean, he had surgery <laughs> in May. <laughs> he's still getting, he's still getting things, you know, back together. <laughs> <laughs> so, something else, boy. 
he, he, he is, he is something else. Yeah, you know, a friend of mine often it. said, man, it's interesting who we choose to protect and who we choose not to protect. Always. <laughs> Always. And, you know, but that protect, he's, that's his guy. He, 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 he fired a kicker that was perfect for his guy. And he's been, you know, had to yip since he's been here. I mean, look, I mean, he has not been automatic since he's been here. No, nah, he's not a guy you have a He's not a guy you have a lot of confidence in. Do what? I say he's just not a guy you have a lot of confidence in when he lines up. No, not not based on what he's done. I mean, you know, as is you know, I always go back to Bill Parcells quote, you know, confidence is based on demonstrated ability. Okay? As a team, how can you have confidence in your kicker when he's missed this many kicks and this many extra points this year? He's done it in the past, but he ain't done it since he's been here. He's been automatic since he's been here. No. Used to be he's don't make no honey, somebody once told me. Yeah, Clarence Hill said that, but yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> ah, true, though. <laughs> I, I mean, Chill, at this point, how do you expect this thing to go? Because it, it feels like maybe you can win a home playoff game and then you're you're losing in the divisional round again, barring some sort of unforeseen Again, you are what you are, and this team just does not feel like it's got what it takes to do anything in the playoffs. No, again, and that's what I was just saying. It doesn't feel that way, but who's going in riding hot? Tampa got issues. They lucked out and won last week against a bad Jets team. Arizona, you know, again, almost blew a 22-7 lead in the fourth quarter trade losses. The Rams are, are, you know, again, they got their own issues. You know, they're not lights out. Their quarterback is... You know, he's played horribly over the last month, and he's never won a playoff game. Green Bay, I mean, uh, you know, they've won, but they could have easily lost their last two games. So, yeah, the, the Cowboys are, are, are not going in, hitting on all cylinders. But, again, I think the playoffs are as wide open as we've seen in a long time. So that's where your hope lies. All right, Mr. Hope, Faith, and Optimism. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving Matt a noted <laughs> Cowboys fan. Yeah. Reason to believe. I don't have much reason to believe. I mean, I, I'm convinced that this is maybe you win the wild card game and then you lose when you go on the road, and I don't know what changes. I mean, I, I don't well, know you what. You win the wild card game, and then, then, then that got two playoff wins. Well, that's great, you know, and, and we'll move forward. But I don't know I don't know what you're going to do because this offensive line, I don't see it getting better randomly in the offseason. I mean, this team's not getting any younger. I don't know what happens. Well, Feels like I think we go to the offseason, but if you if you go right away, I don't know how they're going to get good enough to make any noise in the playoffs. Well, I, I just – to me, this is – it's the same old thing where you're just wasting another opportunity for whatever reason I, and, and another year I, in Dak's prime. I agree with all of that, but – you have to look at the landscape. The reason we feel good about Tampa is because, and you don't, you don't have these questions about Tampa, I guess, because Tom Brady's won it before. Mm-hmm. But what the, we saw against them struggling to beat the Jets last week, and, and that circus they got going on right there, and the desperation they got going on, the reason why they have Antonio Brown on the team, they got their own set of problems. You know, so the Cow- everybody got problems. You know, it, it's more acute here because we see it. And, and, and it's up close, and, and we're talking about it. But everybody, again, everybody has problems. You know, and you, you feel good about, you know, Tampa and Green Bay because of their quarterbacks. They got quarterbacks who've done it before. But outside of that, there's no one else who's done it before. So uh, 
all you want is a chance. You get in the tournament, you can get hot in the tournament. You can get on the road in the tournament. That's why you want an opportunity to play in the tournament. So be happy with your chance to play in the tournament. And if you win a playoff game, as you said, you know, don't be surprised if you win two. Yeah, and if you can win two. right now yeah. to win that one. Yeah, well, win two playoff games, and, and we'll we'll see where we're at. But it's Saturday night. It's it's Philadelphia. It, I don't know. Well, you got to win one before you can win two. That's true. You got to win one before you can win two. And I don't even know if yeah. I if they have to play Arizona again in Dallas. I don't know how much confidence I have right. they're going to beat Arizona again. Well, Kyler Murray is a problem. He is and a then, problem, but know, now you've seen him up close, and you you've seen him again up close with your new guy. Michael's seen him up close. Uh, he is a problem. He was a problem. That game was still there for the taking it. And that game was still there for the taking at the end. Yeah, but they didn't play with their left tackle, their best running back, and uh, somebody else of of note for them. Hopkins. I mean, they were depleted when they showed up. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe they they beat Philadelphia. They get momentum. They win their first playoff game. Next thing you know, they're feeling high and mighty. Out of the blue, the offensive line fixes itself. Zeke runs for a hundred yards in the divisional round, and here we go, <laughs> NFC title game. This ain't Madden on rookie Pollard. level, dog. Come on, it's miracles happen. It's the miracles or, or of the Tony NFL. Pollard. Or, or Tony Pollard. Or, or Tony or, Pollard, whatever. Just pick a damn running back. Just give the ball to Tony Pollard. I don't care. God. But, you know, get some turnovers. You know, again, we haven't, you haven't talked about the defense. One thing they didn't do last week yeah. that they've done over the last month is get turnovers. And, and I think there was a couple there for the second that didn't take advantage of. So all that can, can even out. you got some difference makers on this team and on this defense that can turn a game. And so, you know, just like Kyler Murray's difference maker, you know, Michael can be that difference maker. DeMarcus Lawrence can be that difference maker in the playoffs. No, I think that's the best shot to win is those difference makers can change a game at a moment's notice. And uh, you just have to hope that they do that. And stay away from the Mavericks game. <laughs> I mean, you get the off season to go watch basketball. It's COVID season right now. Bubble up. Bubble What's up. wrong with people, man? They just wanted to see Dirk's jersey go to the There's rafters. It's not like they, you know, they don't ever get to see any banners like, raised to the rafters at AT and T Stadium, so they got to go watch the Mavs for that. I just don't, but I don't get it. You know, this this time of year is so important, and the surge is so important. The same day that Micah gets test positive for COVID, possibly from being maskless at the Mavericks game on Monday night, two days before, uh, on Monday night. Uh, you got two players that go and do the same thing. And whether they get it or not, it's the point that you put yourself in danger of getting it. It's young and invincible, man. That's the way to be immortal if you can make it. All right, Chill. We appreciate it, man. Thanks for doing this. All right, man. Appreciate it. All right, there he is. That is Clarence E. Hill Jr. of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Always good to talk to him. All right, I wanted to get into this, but before we transition into a quick peep show, let's tell you about another one of our sponsors, the fantastic, delicious, the greatness of Smokey John's Barbecue. Everybody loves Smokey John's. You love it for the jam session bowl. You love it because it's like a secret code. It's the secret menu that nobody knows unless you are a listener of the jam session podcast. That jam session bowl, you've got to try it, but... In addition to the Jam Session Bowl this month, you've got the big championship game coming up on Monday night between Alabama and Georgia. You've got the playoffs on the way, hopefully for the Cowboys, the big game in February. They've got their first down pack, 
three pounds of wings, half a gallon of brisket queso, including the chips, half a gallon of potato salad or baked beans, all for just $105. Or how about this? You can go for their touchdown pack. Three pounds of wings, half a gallon of that brisket queso, two pounds of chopped brisket, two pounds of ribs, half a gallon of potato salad and beans for only $220. How about that? And if you order one of those, if you order the first down or the touchdown pack, if you're a Jam Session listener, you get a complimentary gallon of sweet tea or homemade lemonade. Dude, that alone might be worth, okay, maybe not worth 200 maybe worth 190 uh, just eliminate by itself. <laughs> so all the other stuff thrown in sounds like a hell of a deal for me. And you know the Smoky Johns is is it's smoking, man. It's fantastic. It's terrific. They got some of the best soul food in Dallas. I'm telling you, man, it is. It's fantastic. And everybody is going to be having these game watching parties, especially with the Cowboys hopefully advancing through the the playoffs. But if not, keep that in mind for your big game watching parties that are going to be coming up in mid February because that is going to feed some people and it's going to be fantastic. It's all available for you at Smokey John's and SmokeyJohns.com. Local, family-owned with two brothers, man, that are just really good dudes. So get over there at Smokey John's right there in Dallas off of Mockingbird. We haven't done a peep show in a while, and it struck me today. I know you've been really busy, and you're trying to get caught up. Are you? Were you ever into the Matrix at all? Yeah. Okay, did... So love the first one, love the third one, ah, second one I wasn't too thrilled about. Well, the fourth one, which came out a couple of weeks ago in the middle of December, is called Matrix Resurrections, and we watched it last night. And the lady friend, I don't believe she had ever seen any of the other Matrixes, maybe a little bit of them. So we watched all three of those in the last couple of days, leading up to watching the new one. I got to tell you. I don't know what I think about it. It was, I I enjoyed it, but it's like if they never made it, like watching it, I didn't see the point of why they made it. Probably to make money, number one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. when it when all right, this right, right, yeah. about making money. Sure. But um, outside of that, dog, uh, you know, um, maybe they thought enough time had passed uh, that they could get a reboot and uh, and really make it special. But uh, what what is it that you didn't like? Did it seem much? I mean, what is it? Just, it, it didn't add to the storyline. It didn't really answer anything that we didn't already know. I, it just was kind of there. Maybe it was to re, maybe it was really to introduce the series to maybe. kids now. It could be. I mean, it's it been almost 20 years and I, it, it just, it, it wasn't bad. I mean, it was cool and there was some good scenes in it. And, and you know, if the original Matrix had never happened, you'd be like, wow, this is a really cool concept. But, I, I mean, if I had never seen the first three, 20 minutes into this, I might have turned it off. Like, it, it because it's two hour, it's two and a half hours long, they should have made it two hours, tightened it up, cut off the first 20 minutes, and just got into it. Because they, they did some stuff at the front, and you're like, what is, what are they doing? What is this? Why is this? And it took a little bit too long to explain why that was all happening. But once they got into it, it was pretty solid. <laughs> I mean, I think it's gonna be good, but um, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna watch it. I just haven't had time because I know it's long, and so I got to carve out yeah uh, enough time to do it. But um, it's it's on my list because I really enjoyed the first one and the third. 
Because the first one was really funky, man. Yeah, I mean, the I first mean, one was just so crazy original, it blew your mind. You're like, what the hell right. are we watching? This is amazing! Which is pretty awesome, I thought, anyway. You know, and then so the other thing, the other movie that we got to watch, and we might watch this tonight, is the new Bond movie, which is now available. Dude, where is that at? That is available on, where? on like Amazon Prime or whatever. You can rent it. Okay, I'm watching it. Or maybe on Red Books, yeah. I, I, I really want to watch that one because I haven't seen that yet. But that, you know, that the new one is almost three hours long. That's why, dude, Daniel Craig's my guy. He is, so. and, it, and it wraps up his storyline, and I'm curious to see how they wrap it up and, and where they go. I'll be curious to see who the name is the next Bond and how they move forward with that. Yeah, will it be, okay, check this out. Male, female. I wish it'd be Idris Elba, man. I don't know if they Black, think he's white. too old. But I, I, I just wish they would give Idris Elba, even if it's just one movie, just let him be Bond. Just, I just want to see his Bond. <laughs> oh, man. I wish we were working in a place where we had drops. I just want to see his Bond. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I just want to see Finally, his Bond. I do. I Come want on. to see your Bond, please. Do you mind? Please pull out your Bond. Why, Idris Elba, could you pull out that Bond? <laughs> You know, the What's other thing, name? I don't know if you've seen the preview for this, but Leonardo DiCaprio is in a new movie with Jennifer Lawrence on Netflix called Don't Look Up that looks really good that I'd like to see. They dropped that on Netflix, I think it might have been this a couple week. Weeks ago. A couple of weeks oh, ago, okay. Maybe. And so basically what they say, two low-level astronomers must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. It's got Timothy Chalet, Chalamet in it. It's got Kate Blanchett in it. Meryl Streep is in it. I mean, a killer cast. It looks fantastic, and it's directed and, and, and written, I believe, by Adam McKay. So, Okay, let me be a downer. You saw it, and it sucks? I ain't got no interest in seeing another fucking movie about a comic <laughs> that's coming to America. <laughs> All right, because it's enough. not going to hit. It's not going to blow up the world, and it makes everything in the movie, to me, to me, to me, pointless. So I ain't got no interest in looking at a comet is going to crash into America. <laughs> All right, fair enough. And I, I don't know if it does or if it's supposed to be a spoof or whatever, but the preview looked really good. And, I mean, if it's got Leo, Jennifer Lawrence, and Meryl Streep, I'm probably in. And so as far as movies go, there's that. And then all these TV shows... You know, we still got to get through the rest of Dexter. Cobra Kai Season 4 came out. Boba Fett on Disney Plus just dropped, and I haven't got a chance to watch that yet. Ozark Season 4 or whatever comes out January 21st. Yeah, baby! And I'm ready for that. And I don't know if you've heard anything about this, but Disney Plus put this out in December. I'm not a huge Beatles fan, but all I've heard from anybody about this Get Back documentary on the Beatles is that it is mind-blowing. Dude. Well... I mean, if a, a well-done documentary is, uh, you know, as good as it gets. Yeah, and, and so I kind of want to check that out, but it's in, like, three parts, and they're all, like, two hours long. It's, like, six, six and a half hours of previously unreleased Beatles footage, which basically, from what I understand, shows kind of the ending of the Beatles and the breakup and why they all decided to do their own thing. Well, that might be interesting. I know. That's what I was thinking. But and, I ain't watching six hours of it. Tell me, how, tell, me, tell me how it turns out. And then my brother told me about this one that I've got on the list that I want to watch. It's a, it's a documentary on Netflix called The Alpinist, which is, it dropped on Netflix in September, and I hadn't heard of it. But Marc-Andre Leclerc climbs alone on remote alpine faces 
He's a 23-year-old Canadian that they say makes some of the boldest ascents in history. And, and nobody really knew about him until he started doing this because he free solos. And I saw that free solo documentary from the year before with Alex Honnold in it. Hell yeah. And, and just kind of watching the preview of this, it's like, well, now I want to watch this. There's too many damn things TV. to watch, man. As I say, a bunch of great TV out there, man. You just got to have time to watch it. So maybe when the Cowboys lose in the wild card round, it'll free up some of my viewing schedule. Well. <laughs> Pow. And maybe it won't. So we'll see. But a lot going on. And I know, I mean, hell, we get tweets from people all the time. Have you guys seen this? Have you seen that? It's like, man, I only got so much time to watch all this stuff. Bro, that's the truth right there. And we're trying to wrap up season five of Billions because season six, the final season of Billions, comes out on January 23rd. Bro, I'm looking forward to that as well. <sighs> I mean, I'm tired that's just talking just... about it. We haven't even started watching half this crap. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of great things coming out, man. Um... Just trying to find, just trying to find time to, to work in a couple of them in because I haven't been watching very much TV at all lately. Yeah, with, with college football season wrapping up, it it, it kind of opened up a little bit of the schedule, and then of course Monday night you got to watch the national title game, and then for me with what I do now, when football season ends, you kind of take a breather, and you're kind of get to relax a little bit, and and it's just, I mean, it just feels like everybody's so balls to the wall, gung ho, football absorbed for four or five months or whatever it is that when that all ends it, it just is a different mentality I feel like you get a little bit of that energy back that you've just you know saturdays and for me and, and then with the nfl saturdays and sundays i mean the weekends are just it's like football nonstop all the time dude uh, it is it's a grind but i love it uh you know it just comes with the territory Indeed it does. Of course, as always, we love telling you about our sponsors, and it doesn't get much better than Kinley Rose, the new online women's boutique, KinleyRose.com. You can check it out. If you haven't yet, I would encourage you to do so. They've got you covered for all of your winter fashion needs at KinleyRose.com. Easy to take care of yourself. Attainable style without sacrificing comfort. And guys, keep in mind, we're only about six weeks away from Valentine's Day already. What a unique gift that would make. Perhaps an e-gift card to KinleyRose.com. Allow your lady to check out something and find something for herself for Valentine's Day coming up. Or perhaps a special outfit for a date night on Valentine's Day. They've got everything you need for your style at KinleyRose.com. K-I-N-L-E-Y Rose.com. Also check them out on their Instagram at shop. Kinley Rose. And don't forget, use that promo code JAMSession10 and you'll get 10% off your first order at KinleyRose.com. It is time once again to check in with our ESPN NFL insider, as always, brought to you by Medea from Scratch and their three great DFW area locations. Ed Werder joining us here this week. Ed, Cowboys have one more game, and they're coming off the heels of quite the disappointing loss at home to Arizona. What do we take away from what we saw last week against the Cardinals, a home game in which, once again, it just kind of looked like the offense couldn't figure out how to get things going? Yeah, I think I just think that uh, their inability to run the football, which led to, what, a 45-yard running game production that included 20 yards from the uh, quarterback Dak Prescott, their second worst of the Dak-Zeke era, continues to be the downfall of the, of the offense. 
Um, I think that, you know, the Cardinals are hard to play because they've got a lot of really great athletes and they'll, you know, Vance Joseph will put, you know, seven linemen on the field who are all really linebackers and stand them all up. And you don't know, or Dak Prescott at the line doesn't know before he takes the snap who's, who's rushing and who's not. And so many times I think we saw in that game where he adjusted the protection only to have them just rush four or fewer. And now he's got the running back in, he's got the tight end in, and he's got his, you know, five offensive linemen in. So now you're, you're dealing with too many people in the secondary because you kept too many people in pass protection, not enough out running routes. You're outnumbered. And I just think that those two things seem to be the biggest issues to me. And, you know, I know Mike McCarthy's talked about going to Philadelphia and trying to win this game and try to create some momentum, but I'm just not sure that's possible. I mean, they their two highest point totals of the season came against Atlanta and against Washington, and the next week they lost both games. So I, I just think they're going to have to go in and, and hope they can, you know, execute better than they have and that they can game plan better than they have. Which one do you think that they can fix easier? It's the running game or is it uh... – Dak figuring out uh, what's going on at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I just think that, you know, I mean, we all laugh when when Vic Fangio, who's an accomplished defensive coordinator, said after the Denver game that he wasn't surprised what Denver did against them, that people just haven't played him the right way. And the way he played him was not to blitz, which, you know, Dak leads the NFL in touchdown passes against the blitz. So take that away from him. Be physical with his wide receivers and disguise your looks. And, you know, after the game the other day, that's what Buda Baker told me was kind of the central part of their game plan was don't let Dak know what you're in until he has the ball in his hand. And then he's got to figure it out while he's dropping back to pass and he's trying to sense the pass rush. Uh, I don't think they're going to get the running game figured out because it, it, it's gone on for far too long. Uh, it's been almost a season-long thing. What, what was Zeke's last 100-yard game was – Carolina, the Giants, yeah, something like yeah. something like that. Since then, he's got the worst rushing average in football. So I don't think they can fix that, and I don't know that it's the backs. Um, I'm guessing, based on what we've seen from this offensive line uh, and all the different combinations and the fact that there's been no continuity and the coaches don't seem to know who their best five are, um, and they've oftentimes played six and seven in short-yarded situations, I mean, I don't think they're doing it because Kellen Moore is creative. I think they're doing it because they're desperate. And so my sense is the offensive line is really the issue in the running game. I don't think they can fix that. So I think they're going to have to be able to throw the football when they want to or whether they want to or not. uh, You said something interesting. Every team in the league disguises coverages. Um, Why should it be that much more difficult for Dak? It shouldn't be, but – I asked him about that after the game the other day, knowing what, you know, Buda Baker had told me on the, in our interview outside their locker room. And then I went to the Cowboys press conferences and Dak acknowledged that what he sees on tape is different than what he's getting in the games, that people are okay. playing him differently than all the, all the defensive study he does leading into a game, that he doesn't see them doing this to other opponents. And then all of a sudden on game day, it happens to him. Um, okay. I, I mean, I think that's a priority for, you know, for I think most experienced quarterbacks the defensive coordinator on the other team doesn't want them to know what they're in but the but the priority they make of that part of the game seems to be more prominent with Dak um, among defensive coordinators than it does other quarterbacks 
So what are the? How do you get around this? If if you're the Cowboys offensively, what can you do to try and help Dak? Well, running the ball would be one one solution. <laughs> and and you know, I think early in the year, that's what they were really good at. I, I think I, I think I told you this before, but through eight games, they were the number one team in the league in terms of average per rush on first downs. And and then they dropped as far as twenty seventh. And I didn't even check what they were after the game the other day. I'm sure they're worse than that now. So they've gone from being the best running team on first down in the NFL, which then gives Dak two unpredictable downs where the offense has the advantage to now you're in a, in a situation where the advantage is the defense because you didn't run well on first down. Now it's second and eight, second and seven, instead of it being, you know, second and four. Um, so that's one thing that's in their control. I don't think they can do it because we just haven't seen it in such a long time. We haven't seen them run the ball when they want to. And now, and that's even against bad teams. Um, and, and so now they're going to have to do it against the better teams in the NFL. So I'm not sure that's a solution. Um, I mean, and there, there are obviously are ways that Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy, and given their offensive experience of calling plays and game planning, that they should be able to help Dak make these reads. Um, every other other quarterbacks do it, and I think he's fully capable of it. But obviously they got to spend more time on it, and they just got to be right more often on game day from snap to snap. So I guess this moves into um, – I think the interesting thing is they got the COVID issue now. And the, the whole thing was let's go create this momentum by mm-hmm. beating Philadelphia. And now I don't know that, you're, that you've got the players, especially with Tyron out and Anthony Brown out and Michael Parsons out to, uh, to win the game. Does this change how they approach the game? Well, Mike McCarthy was asked that today, and he said, in this moment right now, knowing what I know and knowing who I have and who I don't, uh, no, I still want to put the priority on going and winning the game. And, and this is our ter- first time in the playoffs together as a team, and it's important we feel good about ourselves. I'm not sure that's going to be possible because, as he mentioned um, at the time this morning, that there were a couple more players who hadn't tested positive yet who were experiencing symptoms. And now that we've seen the, the injury report, the practice report for today, it appears that uh, Trayvon Diggs and Donovan Wilson uh, two key members of the secondary are in that situation. So they, they could also be lost. They're now listed as questionable. But I still think, like, it's, it's, they're fortunate that they're playing a 17-game season for the first time or else they'd be missing all these guys going into their playoff opener. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, man. I'm leapfrogging again. The The other thing about this, though, man, is, um, you know, I, you know, just because you, you get over COVID, or you're eligible to play yeah. in a playoff game doesn't mean it doesn't have an effect on your body and you're less than 100% mm-hmm. going into the playoffs anyway. Mm-hmm. True. We've seen that with uh, any any number of guys across the league. And we've seen, you know, I think one of the things that um, we've seen with Mike McCarthy is that he, he is very um, sensitive to players' health and fitness. And, uh, you know, he defers a lot to, to Britt Brown. He said, in fact, today um, in his interaction with the media that, his first stop every day at the facility is Jim Maurer's office. And Jim Maurer is the head trainer, and he's in charge of the COVID testing. Uh, so Mike checks to see who's available every day and what developments there might be in that regard. But he's very sensitive to guys coming back and, and not over overusing them um, as they come back. He kind of stages them back in in terms of their playing time. Uh, maybe that changes with, uh, you know, losing your seasons over sort of um, rhythm of the playoffs. But he's been cautious in that regard, but you're right. It may just be that some players aren't able if, if, if they, their symptoms are bad enough or long enough that they aren't able to just come back in um, and be effective in their normal roles. 
When we look at this and, and we move forward, and, and regardless of what happens against Philadelphia on Saturday night, this is a playoff team. But what do you make of their chances from what we have seen, especially recently? We talked about the, the woes and the run game and the offensive line and, and Dak adjusting to defenses. Does this have the makings of a team that, that can do something in the playoffs at all to you? I think if they do, it'll be the thing that's special about this team to me is their defense and their pass rush. Um, you know, if, if they have Micah Parsons and Randy Gregory um, and Tank Lawrence, then, then I think they have a chance. I, I think it's obvious to me that the offense doesn't perform at a consistently high level. Like, they need extra possessions to score like they've scored. Uh, Tampa Bay is kind of the same way. They're, they don't have high production in terms of uh, the number of percentage of times they score on drives, but then they have 180 possessions, which is most – in the league, they in Tampa Bay. And so the defense has to create short fields. The defense has to score. The defense has to take the football away. And they've done that on a regular basis. The Cowboys are one and three when they don't get a takeaway, including um, the other day against Arizona. And the problem with Arizona, should you draw them again in the first round of the playoffs, which I think there's like an 80% chance of that happening um, based on where the two teams are, you know, the Cardinals set the NFL record this year, tied the NFL record in the game against Dallas the other day for having six games on the road in which they didn't turn the ball over. So that's not a good matchup for Dallas. And and, and Kyler Murray and his unique athleticism, you know, he kind of negates what I just said about what a great pass rush they have. kind of takes that away from you. And so I think, I think Arizona is a bad matchup for Dallas for a couple of different reasons. But yeah, I think they can succeed in the playoffs. Uh, I don't. I think Green Bay is going to be a hard out at Lambeau Field with the way Aaron Rodgers is playing right now and all the games that that team's won and the fact that they're getting guys back, not knowing again what the COVID situation might be, you know, the the next month or so. But I don't see a lot of teams who are going to be able to go up to Lambeau and win a game. I thought maybe earlier in the year Dallas was such a team because I think you'll have to be effective running the ball. But we've already talked about the reason we now question whether Dallas can do that. And I actually thought going into the game last week that, you know, when Dallas was holding the two seed, that you could make the argument that, you know, having home playoff games is as important to Dallas as it is to Green Bay. Dallas, because of, of how their offense scores at home, averaging 38 points a game at home, best in the league, and Green Bay because of the prohibitive winter weather that teams face up there. But, you know, Dallas kind of threw that away with, their, with the way they've lost three times at home, you know, recently. And one uh, before we head off to the last topic, yeah, real quick, what do you think about Amari and Dak? And I say this only because Amari seems to uh, be the one guy who's been outspoken about either his role in the offense or how the offense is functioning. And he had that COVID deal, and he was at the game last night. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, dude, like, like I like Amari Cooper. I think he's probably one of the more thoughtful guys we've dealt with. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah. get a clue, bro. Like, we're in COVID season. You're at the Mavs game with the playoffs as it, as COVID goes through your team right about now. And CD Lamb's the same way. It's like sometimes you just got to be like, nah, bro, I'm going to watch this one on my 89-inch TV at the crib. Uh, well, I guess my first thought is they both had COVID, so maybe they think that they have immunity. Um, but um, obviously, Amari Cooper should know that as an unvaccinated player, he's subject to being fined because he's strictly prohibited from going to any such place with a large gathering, especially doing so sitting courtside and not wearing a mask. So wouldn't surprise me if he gets fined, I think, somewhere in the $14,000 range. 
Um, as far as him expressing, you know, for the second time, his sentiments about feeling overlooked and underused. I mean, I, I give that some credibility. He's not a guy, you know, really known for complaining about getting the ball. This isn't Antonio Brown or Terrell Owens or Dez Bryant or even Michael Irvin. He just doesn't normally do this. And if, and if you, and he keeps making the same point. He keeps talking about third down and red zone, right? He said it two different times in the last three weeks. That's where I can help. That's where I'm not being, you know, throwing the ball enough. And I think he's got a point. I mean, to me, it's like, why can, why can Cooper Cup get, you know, 10 catches every week? Why can Devontae Adams have a 100-yard game almost every week? Why is Stephon Diggs always the number one target in the Buffalo passing game? And why does Dallas never do that with either one, with CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper? I mean, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb's last 100-yard receiving game was with Cooper Rush. Amari Cooper's had 100-yard receiving game with Dak, and it was week one against Tampa Bay. In their last three games, Dak's thrown the ball 23 times. They've completed just 12. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. It is. When you break it down like that, Ed, for a guy who's supposed to be the number one wide receiver who's making $20 million plus whatever it is a year, the, the fact that they can't find ways like you talk about with some of these other receivers, Devontae Adams or Stephon Diggs or Cooper Cup or what have you, that are constantly targeted putting up numbers, the fact they can't figure out how to use Amari like that is very interesting. Even Especially when he brings it to their attention and everyone else's attention. <laughs> like, I assume he, he's just gotten so desperate that it's not working telling Dak and it's not working telling Kellen Moore, so I'm going to tell the world. And he's had to do that twice. I mean, how do you have a $40 million quarterback and a $20 million receiver and over the last three games you're completing barely half your passes to that guy? And, I mean, some of it's probably Cooper dropping the ball. Certainly the other day, Dak missed a lot of passes to Amari and he missed them badly. When we look around the league, we we have to ask you the Antonio Brown situation. What do you make of this? What's the future? What do you know about what's going on between Tampa, Antonio Brown, and how the NFL is going to handle this? Well, they officially released him. Um, I assume that the Players Union will investigate his claims about being forced to play injured. I I question the, the word forced in any of these situations because ultimately – while a player might get medical guidance from the team's trainers and doctors, and, and that's their responsibility, um, and, the, and the coaches can you know, want a player to play, it's ultimately up to the player. It's up to the player to you know, take Toradol or take an injection and uh, play with an injury. And, and they, mostly they do it if they can at all because they love the game and they feel responsibility to their teams, and they know there's only a certain number of these Sundays to play in their lifetimes. Um, with, with him... And the claims he's made, I think he has no credibility. Um, he, he's not a guy known for telling the truth. He just faked his vaccination card and came back three weeks ago from a suspension for that. Um, we've seen him get sued and accused of all kinds of things and investigated for all kinds of things. He's been through three or four different teams for many of the same reasons. So I, I guess I tend to believe Bruce Arians. And, you know, the Bucks have made it clear that this isn't about an injury. This is about a guy who who wanted the ball because he wanted to cash his incentives on his contract and wasn't happy at halftime that he had three catches for 26 yards in at the end of the season when these games were important to him and he was within you know spitting distance of a million dollars in three different incentives. Well, damn sure ain't gonna get it now. 
No, he's not going to get it now, not unless the uh, <laughs> union somehow wins some kind of grievance on his behalf. Yeah. But it's funny to me, it seems anyway, that Tampa held on to him long beyond Sunday because they were afraid that he was healthy and that somebody else, if they put him on the waiver wire, maybe Dallas had just lost Michael Gallup, um, you know, might sign him and, and they might have to face him in the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl. But, so that's the kind of ability the guy still has. So can we rule out that he'll play somewhere again? No, I guess not. I mean, I would have thought he was done after the Raiders, mm. but no. Edwarder, as always, we appreciate the conversation. Thanks for doing it. Hey, thanks, guys. We'll do it again next week before the playoff game. All right, sounds good. All right, there he is. That is our ESPN NFL insider, Edwarder. Joining us, of course, because of Medea from Scratch with their three great locations. You can find them in Grapevine, Flower Mound, and Plano, so check them out. High quality and delicious. I think you will enjoy it. You know, one of the interesting things about this NFL playoff weekend, and there's a couple of moving parts. Really, in the NFC, it's very easy because in the NFC, there's only one spot available and only San Francisco or New Orleans can get it. If San Francisco wins, they're in. If New Orleans wins, they need San Francisco to lose. That's the only scenario in the NFC as far as for clinching a spot. The AFC has got all kinds of moving parts. If Tennessee wins... If they beat Houston, they're the number one overall seed. Derrick Henry is back and practicing and will be available for the playoffs, which is fascinating. But there's a lot of different things that can happen. One of the things that can happen, and I don't, I'm sure that you have seen this, the Chargers and the Raiders play each other. If they tie, they both make the playoffs. And I have read out there, if you're, if you're the Chargers and the Raiders, do you get together and say, hey, Let's both get into the playoffs. Let's find a way to tie on purpose. Now, to me, I wouldn't want to be like, hell no, I'm going to kick the crap out of the other team and make sure you guys don't get to go to the playoffs. But that is an interesting scenario. I was reading something about how Vegas is, you know, what if they just decide to play it to a tie on purpose so that they both can make the playoffs? And I thought, well, why would they ever agree to do that? I think that's the hardest part is you can't, I don't, I just don't think you can set up a scenario where the teams go out beforehand and go, yeah, 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 I'm going to try to get the score tied. I'm going to try to tie the game. Because, number one, I don't think it's – I mean, how would you – how would that work? That's what I'm yeah, – right. Yeah, I mean, it have number to get two, to – you just kneel every play or something? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Number two, dog, you can't keep secrets in the National Football League. You know what I mean? So, as soon as you talk to your coaching staff about it, it's out there. Because they've talked to, you know, one or two reporters or they've talked to somebody or somebody told Jay Glazer or somebody told Adam Schott, Adam uh, <laughs> Schefter. Adam Schott? I was going to call him Adam Schottenstein. I don't know who that is. I have n- I've never heard of him before. Uh, so it would come out or some agent would find out. So you can't keep that secret. So, I, I mean, I just don't see any way for that to happen. Yeah, I, I don't either. And like I said, I mean, I would I would imagine that you want to be the team that wins so you can point across and be like, oh, it sucks for you guys because we're going to the playoffs, and you're not. Exactly. Because the, the, yeah, the loser of that game doesn't go to the playoffs. It's winner take all. Well, that's the way it should be. I agree. That That's why they moved that game to Sunday night because that is the only game in the NFL where the winner goes to the playoffs and the loser's season is over, which is why you get Chargers Raiders on Sunday night football this week. And it should be a great game. AOC West from uh, 50 years ago. <laughs> yes, exactly. It is indeed Los Angeles and Las Vegas on Sunday Night Football. Dude, I said San Diego and Oakland in my head. San Diego and <laughs> Oakland. It would have been that way 50 years ago. So you were exactly right. When you Las, said 50 Las, years ago, you were right. Las, Las Vegas. 
in Los Angeles. You've updated, yes. Time to update. Go figure. What can you do? Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. Also brought to you by Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America. Let him help you secure your family's future. You can give him a call at 940-453-3490. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy. Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.